In the name of the glorious Trinity, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, forever. Amen. Glory be to the everlasting mercies which sent you to us, O Christ, the light of the world and the life of all. Give us wisdom by your law and enlighten our impulses by your knowledge. Sanctify our souls by your truth and grant that we may be obedient to your words and may fulfill your commandments at every hour. O you who enlightens the rational with the knowledge of your greatness, do enlighten, O my Lord, our thoughts, that we may meditate upon your holy and divine scriptures at all times, O Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. Double-Edged Sword, a Christian podcast ministry presented by Father Gennard Lazar. Father Gennard is a parish priest of the Mud-Edda Parish of the Assyrian Church of the East in Turlock, California. Here's Father Gennard. In one of the concluding prayers of the Vespers, which are the services of evening prayer in the divine offices of the Assyrian Church of the East, the priest praying to the Lord petitions on behalf of the faithful and says, May the prayer of O my Lord, so the prayer is directed to the Lord, may the prayer O my Lord of the Holy Virgin and a request of the Blessed Mother and a beseeching and entreating of her who is full of grace, Saint Mary the Blessed, Luke chapter 118, and the great power of the conquering cross and divine help, and a request of Saint John the Baptist, be with us continually at all seasons and times, Lord of all, Father and Son, Holy Spirit forever, Amen. And that was of Mary. And of the apostles, he continues, May the prayer, O my Lord, again, praying to the Lord, may the prayer, O my Lord, of the holy apostles, and a request of the true preachers, and the beseeching and entreating of the illustrious athletes, the proclaimers of righteousness, sowers of peace in creation, be with us continually at all seasons and times, Lord of all, etc. And of the fathers, again, he prays to the Lord, may the prayer and request and beseeching and entreating of our famous and holy father, Marawa Catholicos, that is Marawa I, and Saint Stephen, the firstborn of the martyrs, Acts chapter 6, and of the giant of strength, Saint George, the illustrious martyr, and of Mar, and here he can name any saints that have been um, canonized by the church, and of all the martyrs and saints of our Lord, be with us continually a high wall and strong house of refuge to save, deliver, rescue, and guard our bodies and souls from the evil one and his hosts. And here everyone repeats, from the evil one, evil one and his hosts. At all seasons and times, Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. So praying to the Lord by the prayers of the holy saints, the apostles, and the fathers who have been canonized as saints. Allow me to also share with you, beloved, the prayer for help the priest petitions from the Lord. O oh my Lord, the help of thy mercies and great aid of thy loving kindness and the hidden and glorious strength of thy glorious trinity and thy right hand full of mercies and compassion to overshadow and be joined with the weakness of thy worshippers from thy holy house which is full of all helps and all blessings by the prayers of all the saints 
who propitiate, that is, appease or um, please you. You know, there's a present tense that are pleasing to you. Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. Who are the saints? What is a saint? Well, all Christians, beloved, are saints, meaning sanctified, set apart. All believers are holy ones in the sense of a status which is given by us by virtue of our baptism into Christ and receiving the Holy Spirit. So once we receive the gift of the sacrament of the Holy Spirit, we've been set apart and we have virtues to strive for. As I mentioned, we're also called sanctified or made holy, set apart, which is a work in progress, not a hundred meter dash, but a marathon, or a state of being which we strive for by abolishing sin and conforming ourselves to the image of Christ, being Christ-like. We are commanded by St. Paul in his second epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 7, verse 1, to cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So who are the saints? Those whose life in faith and deeds have been exemplary of the holiness that we have been called to. Those who amplified the love of Christ, not in word, nor in tongue, but in deed and in truth during their lives on earth. 1 John 3.18 The saints are those who attained the perfection commanded by Christ in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father who is in heaven is perfect. So when Christ is commanding us to be perfect, this indicates that, yes, there is a level, a state of perfection one can attain. Otherwise, why would Christ demand that? The saints are those who, along with the blessed Saint Paul, can confidently and rightly instruct us to be imitators of them as they are or were of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, 1. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, Paul goes on to emphasize this. Who is this man that is emphasizing that, you know, by entreating? He's saying, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you that you become like me. These are the saints that plead, and rightly so, plead us to be like them. Did St. Paul have bets on himself? Was he blaspheming? when he's pleading that we become like him. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 9, he writes, The things you have learned and received and heard and seen, that's deeds, that's works in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Who is this man that is instructing us to practice what we have heard and what we have seen in him? Well, this is Paul, a chosen vessel, beloved. A chosen vessel to Christ. We read in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. The saints are those who at the last moment of their lives on earth saw Jesus. As in the case of Saint Stephen, the martyr, saw heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Jesus Christ, listen to this. All right, here we go. Now, stop washing dishes, stop vacuuming, 
stop uh, doing what you're doing. And again, as I always mention, if you're driving, pull to one side, right? Listen to this. Jesus Christ, this is what Saint Stephen saw when he was being martyred. He was being stoned to death. He saw Jesus, and this is in the scriptures. This is not uh, a teaching of the church in the Holy Scriptures. He saw Jesus Christ standing, not seated, standing to receive him in the ultimate show of respect, paying the greatest possible honor in the ancient world. You see, St. Stephen was going to be with Jesus Christ. St. Stephen wasn't going to sleep with Jesus Christ or to be tucked in bed by Jesus Christ. Just a side note, um, when St. Stephen sees the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God, this is referring to the book of Daniel where the three friends, the three youth, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were in the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar saw that there was a, another figure like the Son of Man between him, and that was Jesus Christ. And also in Matthew chapter 26, verse 64, when Jesus was asked if he is the Messiah, the Son of God, he replies, You have said, and I say to you that hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And this is who Stephen sees, Saint Stephen, Jesus Christ, praise be to his name. The saints are those who the church, by the authority of, to bind and loosen, Matthew 18, 18, has canonized at saints and venerated by the testimonies of many who have come across, experienced, have felt and been impacted by the lives of the particular faithful, Matthew 18, 16. Hence, we, beloved, present our prayers to the Lord. Let me reiterate and repeat. We present our prayers to to the Lord, let me one more time um, read a part of those prayers that I began with. May the prayer, O my Lord, may the prayer, O my Lord, and every prayer is presented to the Lord by the prayers of the saints. We join, we mingle our prayers along with the living prayers of the saints of our Lord. You see, there's no problem in praying for one another. No one has an issue of praying for one another. I can ask Stephen to pray for me. Stephen can ask Adrina to pray for him and vice versa. We are told in the scriptures, hold on to your seat. Hold on to your seat. We are told in the scriptures to confess our sins to one another. You know, some people have an issue with someone confessing their sins to a priest who is in authority in the church. Well, let me tell you, beloved, James 5.16, but be confessing your offenses to one another and pray one for another to be healed for the power of the prayer which a righteous person prays is great. And that's what happens when someone confesses his or her sins to the priest. The priest offers the the prayers and the supplications to Jesus Christ, whom is the ultimate redeemer and forgiver of sins, who has given, beloved, that authority to the church. That's what the priest does when we confess to him. However, the priest has the authority to declare you forgiven by the prayers of the saints and in the name of Jesus Christ and praying to the Holy Trinity, Father and Son and Holy Spirit. John chapter 12, 20, 
verses 21 to 23. Listen to this again very carefully. And Jesus, after he was resurrected on that same evening, and Jesus said to them when he appeared to them in the upper room, Peace be with you. This is the, the resurrection peace that the, the priest um, offers during the divine liturgy at the end. As my Father has sent you, these are very, very heavy, deep words, beloved. These are those words. Jesus says to his disciples, as my Father has sent you. Now, we're not going to go into this because this is not what the program is about. We will look into this one day. As my Father has sent me, Jesus says, I send you to the apostles and the disciples. And as he said these things, he breathed on them and said to them, Received ye the Holy Spirit. If you, O apostles and disciples, shall remit sins to anyone, they will be remitted to him. And if you shall retain those of anyone, they will be retained. But back to St. James. Pray one for another and be healed for the power of the prayer which a righteous person prays is great. So the saints are righteous people. The saints have attained that perfection to the point where they rightly, righteously, confidently will instruct you and I to be imitators of them. And we have ascertained that through the scriptures. And by the faith and prayers on our behalf, we can receive from the Lord when they offer their prayers on our behalf. Let me give you some examples. The Syrophoenician woman, her faith and supplication, that means pleading and beseeching and begging, healed her daughter. Now she, you couldn't be more Gentile than the Syrophoenician woman who had only heard about Jesus. But look at the faith that she had. This is what Jesus saw in her. Her faith healed her daughter at home. Mark chapter 7, verses 23 to 40. The centurion who said to Jesus, I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 10. His faith healed his servant or his boy. The friends of the paralytic, in Mark chapter 2, verse 5, we read, when Jesus saw their faith, not the paralytic's faith, the, faiths of the, the faith of the friends. He said to the paralytic, my son, your sins are forgiven you. His sins were forgiven without him asking, without him pleading, but through the faith of his friends. And at Cana, during the first miracle of Jesus Christ, when the wine was finished, the blessed Saint Mary, the mother of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, who knew who her son is, through her faith, she pleads, she presents the problem to Jesus Christ. John chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. And the wine is replenished. So you see, beloved, the faith and beseeching of others can heal and forgive others. Hence, the intercession of the saints. However... However, and a vehement, intense however is now echoing in my ears. Some of you are saying, wait, but wait, but wait, wait a second. Are the saints dead, asleep, or alive? Well, let me tell you. If the saints are dead, 
chesli and cleanse me, O Lord, then the Lord Jesus Christ is dead. If the saints are sleeping, then Jesus is asleep. And when we read in the scripture, they're conversing, they're sleep-talking. But no, they are alive, beloved. It is evident from the church's liturgical life that they are alive in Christ with Christ. But let's have a look at some scriptural evidence. Show me in the Bible. Sola Scriptura. Show me in the Bible. The Bible itself is sufficient. Amen to that. Let's go. One thing though, let's before we go on. Being dead is also associated with sleeping. Acts chapter 6 verse 60. While they were stoning Stephen, he fell asleep. And in the book of Acts, you'll never find the word someone died. It's they slept which indicates that those who sleep will wake up. Not a soul sleeping, no. It's just an indication, an encouragement that when you sleep, you wake up. When you go to sleep, you don't say, I'm going to go to die. No, you say, I'm going to sleep, which means I'm going to wake up if God permits, unless God calls you during your sleep. That's why one of the church fathers recommends that before we sleep, we pray and we say, Lord, if this bed is going to be my tomb or my grave, then forgive my sins and grant me your kingdom of heaven. Let's have a look at some scriptural uh, evidence. In the feast of the Holy Transfiguration of our Lord Jesus Christ on Mount Tabor, Luke chapter 9, verse 30, we read, And lo, two men were talking, conversing with him, Jesus Christ, and they were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory, and they were conversing on his departure, which was the consummate, which was to be consummated at Jerusalem. Moses was dead, Elijah was alive. They were talking with Christ. Moses, who had died or slept, was consulting with Jesus Christ. Was he sleep talking? No. God listening to the viewpoint of a saint who is Moses. So that's our first scriptural evidence that no, they were conversing. They weren't asleep and they weren't dead because dead people cannot speak and those who are asleep, you can wake them up, but people probably talk in their sleep, but this wasn't sleep talking, beloved. Moses and Christ were conversing. The fathers say that um, in regards to the exodus that Moses led and Jesus was explaining to the exodus that would come through Jesus Christ who would deliver us from sin, death and um, Satan. What love and humility is that? Is humility is that? Jesus listening, God listening to us. In Mark chapter 12 verses 26 to 27 when Jesus was questioned by the Sadducees he replies, but concerning the dead, that they rise, have not you read in the scriptures of Moses and God, how God said to him from the bush, I am the living God, the God, listen to this, again, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, who are all dead, dead at that time. Jesus goes on to say, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are alive. 
So the idea of no life after death is wrong. They are alive in Jesus Christ. As for Abraham, in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, Luke 16, 19 to 31, Lazarus is taken into whose bosom? And the rich man is conversing with whom? Abraham. So Abraham is alive. So the saints are not sleeping. They are alive in Jesus Christ. So we can we can ask them to intercede and pray for us and mingle our prayers with their prayers and offer them to the Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 15, he writes, And I will see to it, that means he will be doing something, seeing to it, that at any time after my departure, meaning after I have left this world, after I have slept or after I have died, you'll be able to, re- to call these things to mind. That is to have the ability to remember what I have taught you. What does that mean? That he will be continually interceding on our behalf. And I'm going to um, read another verse as far as the intercession. That he will be praying, he will be interceding on our behalf that we will remember what St. Peter has taught and wrote. And in particular to those that he did speak to and was writing to. In the book of Revelations, chapter 6, verse 8, we read that John saw under the altar the souls of them who were slain. So these people were dead. They had died and slept. On account, on whose account? The Word of God, uppercase W, Jesus Christ, the Word. And on account of the testimony of the Lamb, which is Jesus Christ, which was with them. So the Lamb was with these saints. So the Lamb couldn't have been sleeping. Jesus is not asleep and he's not dead. And look at what they were doing. They were crying out. Again, not sleep crying. They cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, thou holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? They wanted vengeance. And the word crying out is quite thematic in the scriptures. Beseeching, crying. So you see the saints are crying out. They're conversing again. And who are they praying about? Who are they conversing on behalf themselves and you and I? How long will you not take avenge of those who shed the blood of the innocents? St. Paul the Blessed in his epistle to the Philippians, chapter 1, verse 21, writes, and this is very very popular in, in Christendom, and we quote this, For my life is Christ, and if I die... It is gain to me. Why? Because he is not going to die and go to sleep, but he's going to be alive with Jesus Christ. But keep in mind, beloved, praise, glory, adoration, worship, thanksgiving, exaltation is only meet and right and befitting to God alone. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. No saint, no prelate, no priest. Only God. Praise and glory be to his name. 
Now, some of you may be, may be thinking of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, who talks about one mediator between God and men, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. That's talking about salvation. There is salvation only through the blood of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, which pleased the Father. There is salvation through no man, no saint, no prophet, no confessor, no preacher, only Jesus Christ. But we read the lives of the saints, and these saints are an amazing example of how we can walk that life or that walk on our life on earth to attain that salvation through Jesus Christ only. That's why the church encourages that you read the lives of the saints and see how they how they combated um, temptation, suffering, persecution, so that we too are encouraged, so that we truly do imitate them because they imitate Jesus Christ, so that one day we may dare to instruct others to imitate us because we imitate Jesus Christ. Let's close with this prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and forever. Amen. By the prayer of your saints, O our Lord and our God, be reconciled to us. And by the request of your true disciples, make our sins to pass away and pardon that which is wanting in us. Make our enemies peaceful Quicken our departed and make us worthy of the excellent glory of thy kingdom. With the just and righteous who fulfill thy will in the Jerusalem which is above, Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. One last thing, please also don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share with your friends and family. If you'd like to suggest future episodes or give us detailed feedback, please visit the link in the description or on our Instagram, linktr.ee forward slash double edged sword. God bless you all.